0: What follows is a conversation, so unlike the usual happy times and places, I've been unable to go back and change bits I don't like, do a bit of rewriting, cutting and pasting, retakes. So there are half-formed arguments, there are non-secateurs, there are clumsy bits of phraseology. Please forgive us for all of those things. But there are two listening back. I mean, I hate listening back anyway, but I had to because this is a thorny subject and I wanted us to get it as right as we possibly could. Again, bearing in mind it was a one-take wonder. There are two moments that have particularly vexed me. And uh, one is I use the phrase cards on the chest, which is a terrible mixed metaphor and I've no idea what it means, but I want you to know that I'm aware of it but I couldn't change it uh, because it is indelibly stamped uh, and recorded for posterity. I'm sure I mix many other metaphors, but that one that one particularly stuck out. Uh, and the other one is I use the phrase middle class a lot to explain that I came from a, a background where we were conscious of such things and probably a bit right on and all of that. But uh, uh, listening back to it, I use it once too often as a sort of shorthand. Uh, and I don't mean to imply that um, people from Houses or or environments that are either upper class or working class are any more or less uh, prone to be racist than middle class. I think I was using middle class as a self deprecating acknowledgement of sort of you know n- not to put <laughs> not 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 to dress it up wanky Guardian reading types. That's what I was trying to allude to, but instead, like but I kept. Uh, stumbling onto the the phrase middle class which as I say I, I, I don't want anyone to take away from that uh, being that people think I think that middle class people can't be racist in fact uh, I, I know of uh, racism manifesting itself in middle class uh, environments in a way that they themselves wouldn't necessarily think of as being racist so middle class is I think unfortunate I meant kind of You know, what whatever impression you get from me, you know, artsy guardian reading, lefty liberal type of environment. So yeah, I was just just listening to that, it stuck out a little bit. There's probably loads of other bits that as I say we we get wrong or you could you could take the worst possible implications from because of clumsy phraseology, but don't, you know, go with the arguments, try and engage. I'd be very, very grateful. Welcome to Indefinable Magic. Normally, an attempt to do a whimsical comic monologue based on some aspect of Doctor Who, but this time around, it's a conversation about something rather more serious and important. But, you know, Doctor Who as well. Tonight's episode Time and Race. presented by me, Tony Haydoke, and with a special guest, Professor Tom Atter. So I think having pushed heavily on the idea that some modern commentators uh, of of a liberal bent are perhaps slightly unfair on the olden days, uh, one has to acknowledge that this comes from a good place and a place that is conscious of the shortcomings that we have in the present day and I think sometimes when we push it's easy when we push back against you know some of those misconceptions that I've enunciated there that the danger is going uh, is is then ignoring where that has come from and that is the shortcomings that are still evident in today's yeah um comp uh, uh, Comment commentary for the example, an example, and we still need to look back at the classic series. But I I, I feel the need that that I need to push back against some of the things I've just been putting forth is that one of the things that struck me about the commentary about the casting of Shuti Gatwa, mm. and I would extend that to the using using of Ellie Simmons in Simpl- Strictly Come Dancing, mm. where uh, a a, sh- a short person um, was was seen. In the set, a small person, forgive me, it was seen in the same way as some of the commentary about Sheety Gatwa was, as some sort of imposition on the norm, what you talk about as othering. Mm. You know, this commentary is saying, oh, now we're having to put up with this, which to me is the very argument, that sort of commentary is the very argument for doing uh, it. Uh, because yeah. the very argument to say is the minute you stop saying a, a, small, a short person dancing on primetime television or a person of color playing a benevolent hero on television, as soon as we that you you stop seeing that as an imposition on your template of what is in inverted commas normal, then the job has been done. Exactly. But clearly the job hasn't been done because you're making an issue of it. <laughs> um, you know, whoever, whoever you are, the commentator in and and there was that. I I'm, I don't need to give people the oxygen of publicity, but there were comments uh, quite and quite a lot of them uh, of those ilk with Ellie Simmons and and of course with Shooty Gap. Well, I think.
1: When we spoke about this before, we you know we one of the things that we acknowledged. Well, there's two things pertinent to exactly that. One that negativity gets more clicks. It's it's the you know that's if you're saying something contentious or provocative or um, combative, then you are more likely to get some sort of traction for your YouTube channel, for your TikTok, for your for whatever bit of social media it is that you're attempting to monetize or gain notoriety through, or what's it called, or to gain clout through. Thank you, my students, for explaining to me how to talk about these things. Um, So, yeah, negativity sells. It absolutely sells. Um, But the people who are making those arguments are being, I think, entirely disingenuous because this is something that, that we talked about before, which is to say that Doctor Who is a product of culture. It doesn't dictate how culture works. Dancing on ice or strictly come dancing doesn't dictate the makeup of... The of, of the country, but what it does do if you have a short person, a uh, short person dancing, and they're not wearing some sort, they're not wearing a costume which, um, or being asked to fulfill a role which already exists for them in culture, they're just being people. Then this is the way, to me, this is what we should be aspiring to. If we are, you know, if I am a true Doctor Who, this this is the no true Scotsman fallacy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but if I'm a true Doctor Who fan, the central tenet of the show is inclusion and diversity and change. Um, and if I'm not willing to accept that, then I need to think very carefully about how I'm supposed to enjoy this
0: show. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, and I, I've you know I've talked about this at, at length about how how the show's liberal doctrine is to me one of its strengths. However, mm. I have having emerged from my you know sheltered upbringing where I only encountered one black person, I also didn't encounter any Doctor Who fans mm. and I was quite surprised as there are Doctor Who fans for whom and quite legitimately mm. the show is escapist yep. adventure full of zeal fun and jeopardy yep. and they don't want to, 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 to use a phrase a leaflet handed out to them with that do you know what I mean any mm-hmm. any liberalism we take from it might be one you know in, in, intellectual navel gazing two accidental Mm -hmm. or three wrong there's an argument to be had that I tried writing a podcast called doctor who made me right wing it was going to be a satirical (laughs) thing but I thought I thought probably most people will listen to the first 10 minutes and I won't be allowed to I won't be allowed to stretch out the joke Um, I'm not by the way but the idea that the the doctor basically you know comes encounters beings he doesn't like who invariably look a little bit different mm. and blows them up mm. uh, it's and just because he occasionally gets cross when it happens to the silurians or o- occasionally gives a speech about cross cultural understanding mm. that there that, that you know there is there is actually also a, a zero tolerance for for, for difference yeah. uh, sometimes which indigenous peoples like the Macra, um, whose, whose colony, you know, whose planet has been colonized by humans, yeah. don't get a look in because they look very different. So, uh, yeah. in a sense, Tom, because we're both, you know, liberal intellectual types, are, are we not um, creating Doctor Who in our own image? And there are people out there who just go, it's tea time family entertainment, get your politics out of it.
1: Yes and no. I mean, it, 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 you know, the obvious it are- yeah, that's okay. That's quite. It's, there's a lot in that to unpack, and so, I mean, I immediately think of well, should I not watch The Green Death then because it's got <laughs> because it's got this very strong environmental message? Should I not watch? Um, well, should I not watch any any story because at some point someone is being oppressed? But I, but, 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 you know? Okay, all all I can do is let is let child Tom talk, which is to say mm-hmm. I worked out by about 1979 that. The doctor would; there would be an injustice taking place. The doctor would arrive and speak to both parties, trying to get them to try to get them to work. Someone on the oppressed sorry someone on the oppressor's side would say, "Oh my God, you're right. We've got to stop this." And they would work together so that the greater good was served. That was the story over and over and over again. Um, and so it becomes where so it becomes where do you well, not where do you draw the line, but but where do you stop the analysis if it's um, Someone—it's it, an adventure story, so someone's got to be an antagonist, and someone has to get their comeuppance. But the unique feature of Doctor Who, I think, and this is probably what um, what Peter Davison was referring to, is generally, generally, the Doctor doesn't do it with violence. He tries to do it with reason, and perhaps the most—oh God, I've got to be careful. Perhaps one of the most um, useful—I mean, be, I found myself quoting um, the Zygon inversion. <laughs> Um, to people, when it was time to talk about, you know, what, what if we go to war? It's like, well, all wars end with people talking. Let's just cut out the slaughter and get straight to that. It's, you know, it's a, it's a really simple idea. Um, it's, it's overly simplistic, perhaps, and it's childish. But I'd rather a childhood that than you can't go near the brown people, or you we, we have to be, or we you know we have we have to not. Okay, and again, okay, we can get into some really contentious things here. You know, it, it's it's a matter of some concern to me that the current migration policy is or at least the version of it that i'm shown seems very punitive very punitive. and it's a complex and it's a very complex situation that would that does require people with a limited time span and, and a limited window of power to try and solve do they solve it? are they trying to do in their heads they're doing the best but for me who lives in the middle of the country nowhere near a near a coastline i've got a different i take a different view um but at the same time you know i live in communities where um maybe 30 years ago 40 years ago um hungarian refugees um came to this country in this particular area um and they absolutely and over the last 40 years they have absolutely become you know that's it it's not a question of this part of the community and that part of the community it is a community yes people will differ, will um divide along lines of language for food language food and custom but there's a forty year osmosis taking place here. Forty years, um, and when I think of the eighteen and twenty year olds that come, come to me, they are not. They don't. They don't live in a vacuum. They 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 do respond to um, as I to social commentary in their media. So you know, in, in Doctor Who, yes, all right, issues of race and representation are brought to the fore and they're discussed um, explicitly and implicitly. Um, in the, so- in the same way, um, we look to, you know, I look to video games and I see the number, I, I, again, I celebrate. Um, I'm, I'm heterosexual myself, but I notice the um, increasing number of same-sex relationships represented in video games. And I celebrate because who's playing these games but the young <laughs> and people like me who, are just, who, who just need to relax but if we could, if, and I won't say, there's this worrying thing about, so I was going to use the word normalise. It's not about normalising anything. It's just about having compassion um, and, being, and being accepting of other people. I think if, there's a lovely line from Will Self, which said, if we could see people in four dimensions, we'd see the detritus and the pain uh, and the worry that they carry, that every one of us carries with, carries with us. And we only share that with people who we trust very very much because we're always showing, we're always showing a good face um, and it seems to me that yeah okay there are you know, the, the, the Doctor Who's like that it's, it, there are moments where it's made a misstep but I'll go back to what I said before Doctor Who is a cultural product it is not some, something which directs culture all it can do is present an idealised way of living um, to people um, or idealised way of, of operating to people um, and to me yeah, you know, t- taking what you've just said about you know yeah. anything that looks different to me is destroyed. It's like no, no, no. I mean, my experience has been you give everyone as much of a ch- as much chance as you can before they demonstrate that what they're actually trying to do is kick a hole in the boat. At which point, okay, they have to be stopped. Um, but all the way up to stop kicking a hole, all the way up to that point, it's like stop kicking a hole in the boat, stop kicking a hole in the boat, stop kicking a hole in the boat, get out of the boat. So you know you give people chances and you give people the opportunity to improve or to or at least you try and understand why they're doing it you know, I'm kicking a hole in the boat because I've got this bizarre condition which means I think that wood is trying to kill me. No, it's not trying to kill you, (laughs) it's just a boat. And if you kick a hole in the boat, we're all going to die. I think I've I've, I've gone a bit um, off-topic there. But but what I'm getting at, you know, it's the central point, the first point I made. Doctor Who is a cultural product. It is not culturally directive. It can influence individuals, but that's, you know, but to say... um, because I watched Doctor, Who. I love the I love the conceit Doctor Who made me right wing. <laughs> it's yeah. no, it, that, that's a right wing person with an, who's looking for an excuse.
0: <laughs> uh, but it's an it, it would be a, I think it would be an interesting exercise to write because on a purely intellectual basis, I think you could make that case if you if you so yeah. desired. I mean, that's the whole thing about uh, uh, picking apart something that was designed to be disposable tea of entertainment. Yeah. But that is, but it was designed to be disposable tea time entertainment and it's become a cultural phenomenon so that's in a way a testament to its to its greatness what what I, I i do sense in in modern discourse though i mean again i grew up in a very liberal household so all of the things that we took for granted you know when you in, encounter other people and, and, and obviously i think the way that that the discourse is going these days i'm i'm very interested in trying to understand where other people are coming from people that even disagree with me so for example mm. when i was invited on the bbc to talk about bill potts mm. the f- uh, and this was couched as so yes i know captain jack etc but was was couched as the first doctor who companion who was um who was gay certainly not a white heterosexual companion and that had caused some uh, Talk on social media and all of that, and so the BBC addressed it by getting Rentagob on. Uh, interestingly, <laughs> oh, 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 but l- let's not escape from this: a white middle-aged middle-class guy, yeah. so, uh, a white straight middle-aged middle-class guy, to talk about uh, a, 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 a gay character of colour. Um, and I, and and I went in, and and the question I asked was: so, so you know, is this a, is this a you know is this an issue? And I said, "No, of course it's not." Uh, and the presenter went, "Yeah, absolutely." Anyway, so what's going to be happening in the next series? <laughs> uh, right. And I was like, "I was like, oh, hang on, because the reason I've been brought in, and the reason there is this, is because people are talking about this, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. There are people out there, license payers. This mm. is the BBC, who have this opinion. Now, I think they're, I think they're wrong to think that Doctor Who shouldn't have a, a gay character front and centre, or shouldn't have uh, an actor of colour... Uh, playing an important identification role. But if that conversation is to be had, it is beholden upon us to, if not respect the view, because we think it's flawed, to respect why people might hold it and try to unpick that. Because I felt then, I came away from that feeling, that conversation came across like what liberal people are are sometimes and increasingly um, portrayed as in certain corners of Uh, media discussion as the privileged liberal elite Mm. dismissing out of hand uh what might be uh you know an issue in 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 some areas of people going i can understand why people don't want any form of sexuality discussion of any form in doctor who because it is a inverted commas children's program or whatever um I, again I think they're wrong and I don't think uh, uh, acknowledging the existence of gay people is in any way going to encourage anybody to be gay or, or, or and even if it did if that would be a bad thing but I I, I, yeah. I, I would re- I would reject the uh, I, I would reject the suggestion that people become gay because they're encouraged to by television programs what it might do is it might represent somebody who harbors those feelings and make them feel confident and 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 make them uh, uh, more self-assured in that which is a, a positive and a good thing Um but but I think that discussion needs to be enunciated. Otherwise, it seems like the privileged middle class elite or whatever basically dictating that that argument's been had and won. Shut up, you bigot. Whereas I think it's much more complicated than
1: that. I would agree with you. You know, the whole again, if you know, the, the idea is to hear all voices and to make a decision based on the experience of, of experiences of all present. Um, you know, a, a viewpoint that I've heard expressed around specifically this, I think you know, you began to touch on it earlier on, is that you know, for, okay, generally speaking, not for everybody, but for many people, the chi- their childhood is an idil- is an idyllic time, and the things that we go to for comfort, not exclusively, but in many cases, come from our childhood. Of course, there there'll be exceptions, but you know, we we worked out what our favourite food is, we we know our favourite music, and if you are, you know, if you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, older then okay then it, it can be really comforting to go back to something from your childhood and attempt to to experience it in the way that you first did when you were 18 15 um 12 10 whatever it was doctor who falls into that which is to say you know i think you know doctor who for me is it, it's it's a lovely, it's a wonderful childhood memory when, when everything was changing doctor who was absolutely there and if you get too and if you become too rigid about that which you know, Doctor Who fans can do, um, then any change to what you've understood and what you loved can be received in a very defensive way. And whether or not that change is actually a threat, it's like, oh, well, suddenly the Doctor's female, but the Doctor was always male, suddenly the Doctor's black, well, the Doctor was always white. Was always, was always, You know. you know, my own and you know, it's a bit like, it's a bit like buying, buying children a pet so they engage with the idea of um, of, of passing and mortality um, you know the, if you're going to learn something from Doctor Who it's that change is inevitable and it's generally and whether or not you like it, it it's that Colin Baker line isn't it um, change um, and it seems like a moment too soon now again that whole moment in Doctor Who history is again fraught with nuance and difficulty because of what happened with um, Colin Baker's time and I'm and and sorry I offer the the usual caveat of, and oh my goodness, thank thank no, thank goodness for Big Finish, because then the actor can blossom and bloom and he does the job, you know. Um, and again, how great to see him in uh, Time of the Doctor. It's just brilliant. Well done. There he is. No, no makeup. Wonderful. Just, I am the Doctor. But yeah, people are very protective of things that they hold dear. And so... Again, this is this is not specific to Doctor Who fans because I see a lot of I do see fandoms where they get really angry if something changes. Um, you know, I'm not going to name any because I, <laughs> I don't particularly I don't want to wake up with a, a horse's head in my bed or something. But generally, on the whole, Doctor Who fans do accept that things are going to be different. So I I do get it. You know, but Doctor Who is very has was traditionally is, is, has was a very white show, very middle class, and a bit like Blue Peter it had to change over time, because it was no longer represented, you know, Blue Peter had to change, because it didn't really represent it. At one point, yes, it represented the viewership, but after a certain point, it really doesn't. Um, if you've got no black people, no brown people, no women on it, then it's like, it's not really representative of, of our audience. And Doctor Who's the same. So, you know, I think, so you know, in summary, what I'm saying is I get that people are maybe resistant to change, and even perhaps you know the 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 um the recurrence of David Tennant and Catherine Tate and Russell T Davis um, is you know is saying it's it's saying oh yeah but let's go back to what it was because we knew that worked, and, you know and let's be clear Russell T Davis is is probably the finest screenwriter that we've got, um David Tennant and Catherine Tate are uh, 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 just Catherine Tate I mean for God's sake what an amazing actor you know, um, but. We've got to go forward. It's got to change. We can it, it cannot be some Miss Havisham type thing where the show is sat in a wedding dress for the next thirty years, remembering a day. It's no. It, it, no it, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'd like to think I understand the arguments. I would. Like, I would be really happy to meet um, somebody who feels this way. I mean, all I can. The, the only way I, I experience it is when I see um, YouTubers who are, and it is specifically YouTubers, I have to say, who are driving the clout by being divisive because they know that's going to work for them. But, you know, the central, uh, you know, the majority, I think, of, of Doctor Who fans, viewers, enthusiasts, uh, cosplayers, any of them, um, are really receptive to change. I mean, I, I do live on a, I don't live on it, but I I, I do participate in... Um, a very, in in a Doctor Who forum it's got thousands tens of thousands of people on there and every week when the show's broadcasting they have a poll to say um, how many people you know one to ten zero, you know, zero, sorry, zero to ten ten being this is the finest piece of Doctor Who I've ever seen zero is I'd rather watch I'd rather listen to the leaf blower noise but then we just do a bit of basic statistics which is to say alright if there were five million and I'm just picking numbers out of the air if five million people watched this and they gave it this particular rating then that's we have to work with that so an audience of five million there are 20,000 people on this forum so that's immediately a tiny tiny percentage and of the people on this forum the number of people who rated this two or less are less than it, I think I did it one day and it was like something like 0.001 less than 0.001% of the entire audience of people screaming and shouting and going oh, I don't like it this is terrible ah. it's like well okay you are entitled to your opinion this is, the, this is absolutely the place for you to express that opinion because other people will remonstrate with you and you know you can, you can have the argument but you need to recognise that <laughs> you as a percentage of the audience is so tiny <laughs> That it can have very little effects on how the show is going to go forward to be made, and if you don't like seeing black people on screen, you need to find something else to do because this is <laughs> this is how it is in the world. How do you live your life if you're not coming into contact with disabled people, black people, women? How do you, how do you do that? It must be I think it must be a very painful way of living.
0: <laughs> but before we get too cozy, I'm going to push back at you now, Tom, from <laughs> the other direction and say that uh, because uh, you know we we are I think. Uh, talking under the assumption that progress has been made, that Doctor Who is a, is now a very mm. uh, modern and liberal and forward-thinking show which uh, nonetheless um, its first prominent character of colour when it was brought back was Mickey Smith who mm. was uh, at best a stooge. Yes, he did come good but he was an idiot and certainly um, in stark contrast to the heroic uh, white Doctor mm. um, uh, and <laughs> After, after the unrequited love of uh, the Doctor and Rose, mm. uh, Martha was brought in and mm. the unrequited love was very one-sided and it was on the side of the character of colour. So um, for some, it is not enough. For some, it is still a, an example of, of white superiority, of things being framed by white writers. Um, you know, up until Chris Chibnall came in, this... Uh, progressive television series was still largely presided over by by white men so even even though steps were made is there a racism within that because of who's doing it and those and those examples that i've that i've mentioned
1: it's int- okay. Again, a really interesting question. You know, to what extent can we ever escape our own conditioning? Except for through constant through constant self examination, which is not to say that we must navel gaze. But we, ha- but if you, ha- if we have an awareness of our own prejudices, our own biases, our own unconscious um, thought patterns, and, and you know, if again, the unexamined life, as has been expressed so many times, is almost not worth living. We do need to think about: Well, am I being biased here what is driving this what is triggering it um and it's possible to say oh okay you're right mickey smith so he, you know he's, he's an idiot but that's just the beginning of his that, but that is the beginning of his arc at the end of it he's saving the world i took issue with of all of the people mickey could settle down with he did settle down with Arthur. <laughs> so you've got these two black characters together um but that was more, you know. But that was more important to me. Or that—that's the thing that stuck out to me. Um, was he an idiot? Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, and that there was that moment of self-realisation in uh, school reunion. Oh my god, I'm the tin dog. Um, but Mickey, again, in that in that moment, and again, this is only my experience. I can't speak for every black person in Britain. The tin dog's got power, man. The tin dog is the thing that Doctor turns to. And goes, help me. The tin dog is the thing that. I think that was the, that was the way that the doctor sold it to him. It was like, well, look, I rely on canine. Uh, and in the same way, it's possible to draw a very simple and very easy cultural diagram, which is to say, regardless of the way that historically black people have been accepted or not in the country, they are absolutely we are absolutely responsible for building the country, and to acknowledge that and the pain that's, that that's taken to do is really it, is very important. So, are there stereotypical roles in Doctor Who? Yeah. I mean, even Lala Ward, even Lalla Ward says it's a, the whole thing's a melodrama. Um, but then Lala Ward would say something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know her. I just it was just something I heard her say, and thought, well, that's interest, an interesting way of couching it. So yes, there are still um, there are still some. It could be it's possible to take the view that there are stereotypes inside there. But for every um, Mickey the idiot, there's there's a fugitive doctor. For every. Um, that for every antagonist there's a protagonist we think of I should have done a little bit more research of, of, the, of the latest series but we see characters of colour and diversity in that and my complaint about those in, certainly in Flux wasn't um, that, they, that they were somehow token it's just that the characters didn't seem to be moving in a direction that I understood but it was good to see um, a man in dreadlocks uh, it was good to see again someone who's, who's other than um, the other than white in there as well because if the universe is as big as we believe it to be then we have to accept there's going to be some diversity in there and if Doctor who's bringing that forward to us uh, as a vision of the future then to me that should be celebrated I do understand that people want to as I say you you know you do want to visit your childhood and if you do want to visit your childhood there's 60 years there's no better than that there's like 26 years of very white Doctor Who that you can watch uh, and some of it is prob- some of it is very problem is, is problematic but if we take it on its own terms then it's a lot easier to enjoy the show should we be mindful okay i'm thinking specifically of talents of wang Shang. should we be mindful of the issues of yellow face yes should we be uh, should we resist stereotyping yes did they do the did they do the, did they do the best job that they could arguably yes is it a mistake to judge the past by the by the, um, by the standards of the present Yeah, because forty years ago still is the present for many, many, for for many, for very many people. Um, But yeah, it's. it's, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. to, it, It takes. It's going to take a lot for a show to make me be cruel to another. Uh, to to anybody else because I've seen it on TV. If anything, if I if I see cruelty on TV, it's like why are you showing me this? And this reinforces that I can't I can't be like that. Um, so I think it's it's possible to read. You know, so I make a living reading music, reading I uh, say reading music um, looking for looking to interpret music and looking to interpret culture. Um, and Doctor Who is a great example of that because as I keep coming back to, it doesn't dictate culture; it's a cultural product. It does point away to a thing that we'd like to do. But twenty-five minutes, I, I, unless you're someone like Russell T Davies or any any one of the number of people who have been inspired to what wo- to work in Doctor Who um, by watching it, generally it's an entertainment. Uh, yeah, um, but to me, I celebrate that this particular entertainment, at, v- at the very least, is is offering us a vision of black masculinity, which is expansive, inclusive, heroic, and isn't necessarily drawing on a particular stereotype. Um, I, I wait. I um, I, I didn't really catch it in Jodie Whittaker's tenure. Um, it, it, a line along the lines of something like Peter Davison's line in the Five Doctors: "I'm not the man I used to be." Thank goodness. Um, you know, it, I think there was something like that in Jody, But uh, as 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 Morgan Freeman says, "How do we talk? How should we talk? How should we deal about black history? About with Black History Month? Stop talking about it. Just get on with it." You know, we do every day. You know, we we you know, and when I say we, I could, that could easily be read as black people, but people who are inclusive and recognizing uh, and who are sensitive to um, other experiences Um, sorry who are sensitive to other experiences in the way that they constitute reality I mean one of the big thing one of the biggest movements in um, the university sector at the moment is that of decolonization Um, which if, if anyone's not clear about that it's like to say okay how do we recognize because we have to recognise the the part played by so many, by all the races on earth in the constitution of history. It cannot just be um, a particular narrative, a particular telling of the story. So we have to think about how do we build what the, the picture that actually existed, which was diverse, multifaceted, nuanced, subtle in places, very very of you know very bombastic in others but how do we recognize that element of our history um, and the same I think the same is kind of true for Doctor Who you know we we have to st- take it on its own terms what were they trying to do what did they actually do um, and people are very people are, uh, the public is very ruthless with its cultural products if it's got no if we don't have any use for it we get rid of it very very quickly um, you know think of shows like sorry chaps Star Cops um, which I did, which was very very short, um, and other shows that just didn't didn't that didn't serve their purpose, and so up and down. But Doctor Who, there's something in it. There's something in that show which keeps. Well, not only um, did it run for twenty six years, it, the 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 central message in it was powerful enough for it to come back and to be accepted on its own terms. Um, it's yeah, I think I mentioned before. I'm not really a football fan. My experience of Doctor Who is what I think a football fan goes through. You know, you go there are bits of it where it's like, oh you played really badly there, but I'm still a fan of you, so come on, you'll you'll get it better next time. And as I say, if you're not a fan of a particular doctor, and some people aren't, then you don't just don't watch that one. Um if you don't like the direction the show's taking pop back to season sixteen. It's it's all still there.
0: You can watch that if you want to. <laughs> Going forward then, and mm. bearing in mind the cultural landscape that we find ourselves ourselves within. Mm. What interests me, I think, with this is, I think it's fair to say, Doctor Who has been quite self consciously progressive. Um, <laughs> in, in, in a sense, in a, I mean, Chris Chibnall, I'm not putting words in his mouth. I think said, you know, I want to, I, I want to be doing sh- shows that are about issues. You know, he was self consciously doing Rosa Parks and doing those sorts of stories that Doctor Who can tell. Yeah. Um. And some might argue, well, actually, the progressiveness comes more through osmosis and actually just very subtle, subtle bits of representation are perhaps more effective than a story that puts its cards on its chest, for example. <laughs> and there are, there are, I think, use, useful arguments at both ends of of that. But what interests me is, is that there are also going to be probably missteps. I think, for example, the, the casting of... Sasha Dewan as the master oh. is is one of those is one of those things where you go. We've got an f- absolutely fantastic actor. We've got an actor of color playing a, a main part in the show. It doesn't matter that he's playing a baddie because he's actually playing a character that is pr- prior to this being played by a white person. But in his very first adventure, the Doctor weaponizes his color against yep. him uh, with the Nazis. Now, I would say that casting came from a really good place. Mm-hmm. It was it was a in 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 practical terms in, in in you know it was a it was a triumph in the sense that we got a very good highly respected member of the profession giving an exciting and different performance. In application, that seemed to me a strange thing to do. I'm not I'm I'm not saying anybody was bad in what they did, and I'm not saying the, the actor involved won't have had any agency within that. It just seemed a strange in the same way that having John Bishop's character be in love with uh, a character with limb difference, mm. and then the very next story, he dresses as a pirate with a hook <laughs> on his hand. Uh, a, is there not a danger there of going, it's all very well. Again, you white, or largely white, but you, you, you show running uh, metropolitan liberal elites mm-hmm. in charge of much of the media. You make these noises, mm-hmm. but you still do this stuff. Uh, and 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 that that actually a subtler approach is one that opens you less up to hip- accusations of hypocrisy or mismanagement.
1: I accept what you're saying, or at least I accept the argument. But my response to that is, it's it is it's a very slow and very gradual process. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, the moment the Castellan regenerated into um, a, a bald-headed woman of colour. The writing was <laughs> yes. on the wall. It's like, right, that's it, that's <laughs> it. And when the master turns up as a female, it's like, oh, it's coming, it's on. So it's not. if 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 the only time, if the only time you register the, the people register that that these issues are being presented is when. It's absolutely in front of you. And that's kind of kind of to miss the story a bit because it's been coming and it's been coming and it's been coming and it's been coming. So as, as I say, cast lands on the floor. It's like, Doctor's going to be black. The so first thing I thought was Doctor's going to be female. And then it was like, oh, Doctor's going to be bl-. And then here comes, um, oh, I keep getting this wrong. Here comes Joe Martin. It's like, Doctor is black. Is this the only way that you can do it though? Is this as close as we get to it? And then he's shooting. <laughs> it's like, Oh, God, this is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand. I can see how some some people might think that the car is running a little bit too fast and it's being dragged along by the concerns, you know, perhaps the liberal concerns of the day. But my argument is actually, no, I think the car is moving relatively slowly and it's being, and it's absolutely, and it's what it's doing is it's recognising the concerns of society and trying to pull us via an entertainment because... Well, so much of what I say is Doctor Who quotations, but we're all just stories, and if we're in, in, and if we're in the process of telling stories, which is what Doctor Who is, um, then we should look to tell the most, not the most inclusive, the most instructive story that we can. Um, You know, many years ago, I found I heard myself repeating over and over again, "Only a fool, only a fool would curse a stranger." I don't know where I heard it or if I heard it anywhere else, but that's something that came out of Doctor Who for me. If I don't know who you are, why am, I, why am I immediately going for you? If I, you know, if if you if you look different to me, then I've got, then it's it's for me to understand you better, not to immediately um, reject you. Because, but then again, I'm a liberal arts professor. This is my job. This is what my, my life is about: <laughs> uh, inclusion, discussion, um, examination of the past, in order that we can seek to build a more inclusive and useful present uh to in, into the future. So that's you know I can't apologize I'm not going to apologize for who I am but I, d- I, I do understand a reluctance to engage with change but <laughs> the lesson of life is that you are going to change this will always be and something and, and a show like Doctor Who puts that front and center. Um when I think of you know, you know Chris Chibnall to be celebrated he, he he was the man that said okay Jody you're cast. Um, here's russell t davis shooty you cast because again i, I don't know Shooty Cat was work much i've done it, i've done what most doctors and um, because i don't I, I don't i don't know um sex education very much but i've looked
0: at it and it's like well of course of course he is of course he's the doctor <laughs> yeah. i ha- i have to say i felt very sorry for chris Chibnall because he did that thing of casting a black female mm. doctor and of course there was a a a, a section of Commentary that went, oh right, so you cast a black doctor, but it's not an official one; it's an adjunct one. It's a and an, an, I sort of got he will have gone. I've done i I've done a thing here. I've been progressive here. I've done I've, yeah. I've I've reset the balance. I've I've changed the conversation. And yeah, but it's not enough, or it's not done in the right way. And it's so it's so hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. How can I put it?
1: So you know, politicians do politics. Um, musicians make music. Um, painters make pictures fine artists make statues and jewelry storytellers tell stories you you know all you can do is make this is to make this product make the, you know and to work together with all a huge number of people to make this statement make this production and not every well it's they all get things you're not going to please all of the people all of the time but five six seven million people turned in to watch this um i, I was going to start talking about ratings but that's not that's not important yeah i mean it, the, the worrying thing, yeah, maybe you will know this as well, and anybody who's listening who does anything creative, is that it, if there's a 100 people that tell you what you've done is is great, they enjoyed it, it's it's absolutely contributed to their life, and one says, well, that was a bit shit, wasn't it? What do you think you're doing? You're not very good, are you? All you take away from that is the one. It's the one,
0: absolutely. But
1: the work will stand on its own. And the thing about audiences, it, it seems to me, is if again they're they're ruthless. If they're not interested, they don't come back. Um, and so as much as there were people, oh, if I say if I make this, if I say this, it's going to give away who it was. There was a guy on YouTube who was always going on about Dr. Karen, and it's like oh, just stop. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And what, you know, but then it became. Hang on a minute. If I don't like
0: what you're saying, I don't have to watch you either. So you know, off it went. So yeah, it, it's.
1: Huh. It, I, I,
0: and I think, and I'm conscious of your time. So, but but I I. I... I also, we talk about what we take from Doctor Who mm. and, and, and we've, you know, we've been trying to understand other people's points of view. I've often been trying to put other people's points of view, as I say, I, even though I've sometimes personalised the sentences, I'm not necessarily uh, putting a 100% my own point of view. I'm inhabiting a, 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 an, an argument sometimes contrary to yours. Um, but this is me talking now. One of the things I take from Doctor Who, particularly he's, arch nemesis, the Dalek yeah. is that the, the ones you have to be frightened of are actually the ones that are certain and I, I find myself instinctively reacting to things often change often things that are different from what I'm used to I like things to be the same I'm a creature of habit I'm talking just sort of you know my day to day life now and then when I stop and think about them I think oh that change doesn't actually bother me and actually might give me a point of view, but I have to stop and I have to intellectualise it. But I do that because I'm a navel gazer. I'm not one who's short of, as you can tell from anything that I've done, if you've had the misfortune of listening to it. If I, I, I go down different paths and alleyways in order to cover all basics. I enjoy it. And, that's what <laughs> and, and, and that is, you know, what we are, it, 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 you know, how whatever change we want to make, actually the change has to come the, the one thing we can, we know we can change more than anything else, society, the program that we love, the attitudes of others, mm. is ourselves. Yep. So constantly questioning where one comes from in terms of the, assume, the, the assumptions that we make mm. is, is probably essential to negotiating an ever-changing an ever-evolving wor- yeah. world this is why i'm grateful to my kids for example who give me a perspective i might otherwise not have exactly this is why it's important that i now have loads more disabled people in my life than i once did because because <laughs> they all know each other um, <laughs> but you suddenly get hmm. you suddenly get perspectives that you otherwise would have been denied and this is yeah. where representation yeah. becomes important if, if people that you might not otherwise encounter are represented on your screen, not necessarily in a proselytising way, but just in terms of being there, you might change your view or you might change your outlook. So I I, I therefore ask you, Tom, mm. if the talent, as has been, I have read suggested somewhere, The Talons of Weng Chiang mm. is my favourite classic series story, am I a racist? Because... Much as I may consider myself to be a liberal man, a progressive man, somebody who has friends of color. I mean, we've all heard racists say, well, some of my best friends are uh, yeah. as, 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 a, yeah. as, as an excuse. Well, I have to be open to the fact that I may be one of those things and that my lofty and easily held liberal views are very easy to. To hold because of where I live, where I come from, and who I hang around with, but that I might have elements within me that I I should, for my good and the good of society, and for the sake of honesty, have to examine and go. Well, are those things that actually are they problematic? And I need to take a good look at myself before I start. Yes, throwing ideas out to other people.
1: All right, now that's it. Okay. There's two things, well, there's plenty of things inside what you said. The first one that's, that came to mind, and you might have heard me tapping because I just wanted to be sure, was to be suspicious of people who are certain. You know, that's that's the Daleks. They are absolutely certain. But I'll go back to what I mentioned earlier on, which is to say they've got their reasons. They're like that for a reason. And, you know, part of our compassion for the Daleks, if that if that's the word, is understanding that they're like that for a reason, you know. Um similarly they're frightened they're frightened oh all you hear in the in the voice of a dalek is fear exterminate get it away from me get it away from me we are in charge yeah okay okay calm down but again they're like that for a reason and you're right it's fear and you know that's again that's one of the well i've got to be careful how i phrase this but one of the things i've always thought about people who have have issues around race, and we haven't really, we didn't really get to this idea about race being a social construct. But you know, maybe another time. Is what are you frightened of? What do you think is going to happen if you just listen? If you just look? If you just eat the food? If you just listen to the music? What do you think is going to happen? How? Because it seems to me that are you or people who are homophobic or transphobic? What do you think is going to happen if you are securing your identity? Why would you be worried about what someone else is doing on their own time? Um, I mean, there is something I could say there. But, but, OK, one of the greatest compliments I've ever received was to be, oh, OK, I've been asked out by a couple of people. It's quite nice. And I thought, well, that's, that's a really good Thank you. But, you know, I, but I'm, if your own beliefs are so rickety, That just listening to someone else's point of view makes you angry because you're frightened it's going to change your mind. Then okay, then then we go back to then we come to your second point, which is that the unexamined life is not worth living. Now I don't know. I think that's I think that's it's attributed to uh, to Socrates. It's definitely okay. It's attributed to I think Socrates. I could be wrong. Um, but it remains true. The problem with an examined life or examining your life is it's difficult and it's painful. Um, and as you said earlier on, if what you, if you're going to Doctor Who for escapism and relief, then to be reminded that you have got to examine your life um, can be painful for some people. But I, but I say again, you know, actors act, singers sing, tellers of stories tell stories which are designed to entertain and maybe inform you. And if you if you if we can't handle that, there's diversity in the world. Then I don't know. Watch TV shows. In fact, I could probably look if, find out if I looked what I know what music some. Um, people who are racist listen to and it's just very angry it's not, you know, no, or at least the, the bits of it I've heard are very angry um, but again we have to come back to it they are like that for a reason they are like that for a reason um, but yeah look, none of the things that you're talking about are easy to do you know to examine your life to examine your prejudices to examine not even your prejudices to ask yourself why you think the way that you do and to consider the effect that the way you think has on those around you, particularly as someone who has children, um, is an important. It, it, I don't know. It, it, there's a tendency in an atomistic age of instant gratification to think that we should we should come to understanding immediately. We should the entire story should be available to us. But everything about life about our life experience tells us the opposite, which is we can never know the end of the story. We can project we can project how it might go, but as Kier- as uh, Solomon Kierkegaard says. Um, life is is lived forward but it can only be it can only be understood backward you know know, I I can't think of a more Doctor Who thing for a philosopher to be saying Um, so yeah it is difficult it is sometimes traumatic and the telling of stories and the provision of art is there I would argue to help us with this process of self-examination to help us with this process of understanding ourselves and our context and the worlds that came before us and perhaps even the worlds that come after us it is not if you're lucky enough to never be troubled by doubt, to never be concerned with um, pain or heartache, then you're probably a cyberman. And that's, <laughs> I don't know that that's, you know, some people would run towards that, but I think the majority of right thinking people would run away.
0: <laughs> okay, but what about people? Who don't care. What about people who just say, I just want to get on with my life. And for example, we, we have a cultural landscape now that I think is fascinating and that, that, uh, that is very rich and things like Hamilton and Bridgerton, which do this very cleverly. Oh, yeah. Bridgerton's cre- created its own world mm-hmm. that I, I don't think you can argue with because it says, uh, uh, this is this is a, a, a fictionalised mm-hmm. person using all the pa- trappings of period drama, but all the talent that we have at our disposal right. in the... Mon- Hamilton, I think, is even cleverer. It tells the story... Of the founding of the America of today, with the with the demographic and the music and all of the cultural influences of today, but it tells that founding story where that landscape was obviously different. But it it echoes forward to what it has become and uses all the advantageous creative elements of that, and I think is a superb piece. We agree. Um, uh, the, but then we come to think so. So we've sort of and again we do we we don't like this word, but let's everyone cut it. Each other some slack. We've normalised elements of that. However, we've also recently had um, a, a black Anne Boleyn on a television mm. program. Now. I, I, I would I would quit. I listened to somebody slagging off Hamilton. You're just going, well, it's just rubbish. And I was going, I I is fear it? You I've might seen have it. I thought it was great. You, <laughs> you, you, I, I was going, I fear you might have an agenda here, but that might be being unfair. But I, judging by the person that it was, I thought it's just a massive coincidence that the big multiracial musical is the one that you happen to think is overrated. Right. Let's not. But but I I could equally argue there are people who would watch a programme with a black ambulator. I went to see a Royal Shakespeare Company production of the Scottish play many years ago. An old Seawood was played by an old white actor and young Seawood was played by a young uh, black actor. One of my classmates said, why why is old Seawood white and young Seawood was black? And my teacher, bear in mind, as I said where I was from, Ludlow said, well, no, that's just a thing that happens in theatre where the colour of the actor isn't important, it's the part that they are playing. Beautiful. And anyway, you could, you know, and blah, blah, and, and talking about blind casting... And we were all sort of theatrically minded people. So we all just went, oh, yeah, okay." And that was a very simple lesson. Very, very quickly learned. Um, Fast forward to today. You now have a Black and You're supposed to say, well, colour. And I remember having this conversation. I said, well, it doesn't doesn't matter. It's It's the actor in question. Should be the best actor for the job. Uh, and and i've rejected the idea in the past where you know where somebody might say well blacking up is okay it should be the best actor for the job and you go well in that case if you don't think the best actor for the job of playing that black character is a black person what are you saying about all of the black actors yeah that surely the black, the best person for the job is is a... and the the argument is then then how come a white actor mm-hmm. isn't the best actor for the job of Anne Berlin again. I think I said this. You know, uh, is 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 the color blindness a two way street? If it doesn't matter that an actor is black, should it matter that an actor is white? Uh, and the, and the, I remember discussing the Anne Boleyn thing with somebody, and somebody said, "What? So should you play the, the chief, the chief uh, uh, in Zulu?" And I was, like, "Well, no, that would be ridiculous." And they were like, "Oh, so it's not ridiculous. So it's ridiculous if you do it." Uh, <laughs> and because I, because I was brought up on the theatrical tradition mm. of of being, you know. I think colourblind is is not a useful word, but of just going. Well, I can live. I can live with that I, because I'm used to it and I understand it. But I I brought up in a very middle class theatre going mm. environment. If somebody down the road from me says I watched this thing about Anne Boleyn and she was black, I don't get that. Is that them being racist or is that them wanting? historical accuracy and yes we know historical people probably had worse teeth and were shorter and all of that but you're not, you're not yeah. you're not going to actively knock an actor's teeth out and as there is an aesthetic thing etc etc so let's not let's not get diverted mm. with that because i don't think it was particularly helpful but it's about it's about how to convince people again outside of our bubble maybe mm. that um we don't have double standards in some of these regards oh. again it's that going back to examining your own beliefs mm-hmm. um, and and scrutinizing them in an honest way and that they might have contradictions because I do sense a contradiction there although it is one that I can happily live with oh. because I think progress is sometimes involves those sorts of compromises and what comes out of it is more representation and that's fine I equally wouldn't scream racist that somebody who says if I watch historical drama I want all the people to be played by people who were the color that that person was in history
1: well okay now that's really interesting because you know there is a considerable um, and persistent argument about the whitewashing of history where are the black mm. people in history because we were there we black people are there but it's not necessarily front and center in the telling of it in the first instance um, in the second instance, um um do we think about huh? any historic any history on any and definitely any okay we we'll, we we'll, we will we'll confine ourselves to academia for the you know initially but any history of anything tells you two things it tells you about the period that's been being written about but then it also tells you about the period that that thing is being written in so if we expand that to cultural um cultural output that, OK, it's possible to look at um, this, um, this Black Anne Boleyn that you're telling me about and say, well, OK, objectively, I know that Anne Boleyn was not a person of colour, but this presentation that's been given to me is being made now, and that tells me about the preoccupations of now rather than historic, you know, think, trying, seeking to be historically accurate to the Tudors. Um, you know, Every um, uh, depiction I've seen of Queen Elizabeth I all seems to be based on a single portrait of her, and, and and a couple of speeches that she made. Of course, you know we're now getting into the blackadderisation of history and what that actually means as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 does watching this make me racist? No. Does own, does does owning a, a baseball bat make you a, a bludgeoning murderer? No. It's about what you do with the information and how you carry it forward into the future. Um, so yeah, I understand why people would get would get confused and upset about. Um, I, I can see why I, I, I don't agree with it, but I can see why they might take issue with a black and Berlin. But if that's what you want, there's a History Channel full of this sort of stuff. Go and watch that. What you're watching, you need to understand that what you're watching is a fictionalised depiction of this thing. Um, and as I say, the thing that you know that, that underpins that for me is: okay, you're talking to me about the period back then, but you're but you're also telling me about it in the language of now, and so the language of now tells me that this is what this is a concern for us this is how we'd like to present it um and there's also i think i might i don't know if i if i got this far and um, there was something else that you were saying about certainty that's a bit worrying because a lot of the argument does come from this is the way it is this is the certainty of it but the reality is if we are going to be truly evolved and luminous beings we have to accept change i keep coming back to the same thing and i keep and again i should have done some more research but i think it's bertrand russell who says Um, The problem with life is that the people who are foolish are so certain of themselves, and the people who are are wise are so nervous to say anything, because wisdom says, be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, this is maybe not, um, this is not meant to be a dig at at, at you and I, but knowledge speaks, wisdom listens. Um, And if you get into the habit of listening, then the the story that emerges becomes so much richer. no, to to think of, um, yeah, just it's just that. I mean, to, it, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I'm sort of I'm sort of floundering a little bit because it's, it's, I'm just warming up to this to the topic of um, the history. That history comment about yeah, it's not it's it's talking about a thing, but it's also telling you about the now. And in order to really truly engage with art um, and cultural products like this, we have to accept that we're in the now. <laughs> talking about all sorts of wonderful things. So. Um, Another favourite quotation of mine was "Nothing ages faster than a vision of the future." I don't know if you've heard that. Oh yeah, 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 which yeah. is just a profoundly wonderful statement. It's like, yes, yeah, so it does, except for when that future maybe is aspirational, because if you can look at something and think, "Yeah, that's that's worth aiming for," then you know, then that that's again. It's not politics. It's art. It's a story. It's storytelling. And if you don't like the story, it's possible to listen to other things. Um, I'm not sure how relevant this is, but I'll, I'll offer it to you anyway. There's a woman called Jane Elliott who does a lot of work in uh, race relations, and I won't. Need to, you know, she's so many wonderful examples. Look her up, Jane Elliott. Double T, um, and she <laughs> she operates with the boredom uncertainty or certainty with the boredom of someone who actually comes from the 30th century but for some weird misdemeanor has been (laughs) sent back to the 20th and has to live with us idiots because it's all so we accept that racism is real we accept that you wouldn't like to be treated like black people and you're mostly white can you see the contradiction inherent in all of this but not like tub thumping there's space for all expressions of this Um, You know, I myself have to do so much more work on the history of black people in the United Kingdom because I know perhaps more than some, but not as much as most and not as much as I need to know. Um, But yeah, it's it's (laughs) yeah, as certain as as one person is that they're right, there's someone else that's certain you're wrong. So certain as I am or as convinced as I am of, of my argument at this particular point in time, I have to accept that there are people who think differently. I mean that's 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 the black experience, or that's been my black experience in the United Kingdom. You have to accept. There's no choice but to accept that other people have a rich inner life, um, and whilst what they do and say occasionally might be hurtful to you, it makes sense to them. Um, but the majority, and but then we go back to the sensitive artist. Do you call? All we can do is we call it out whenever we see it. This is not acceptable, but be mindful that the majority of people do not think that way and however things are now in 100 years 200 years it'll just be as nothing it'll be as a story um, people won't remember us they remember who was president who was prime minister <laughs> <laughs> and on that point <laughs> yes anyway okay that's a that's a story for, that's that's a comment for another day but yeah i mean yeah but bringing it back to doctor who race and representation um it is, prob- I think, it's very difficult for a popular entertainment to serve all masters at the same time. All it really, ha- but you know, but all it really has to do, I think, is to speak to the most people it can in the most gentle and inclusive terms that it possibly can. I understand an argument that says, "Oh, yeah, but Shooty Cat was what black, and Doctor's always been white." To which the response is, "The Doctor's a space wizard who lives in a box." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, if you're if 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 the casting of a black actor in the lead role for you is not a cause of concern. I I remember having conversations when um, Kamala Harris was um, uh, elected to the vice presidency of the United States. Appalling comments being made by people who by by people who I I, I, I knew like oh, this is unbelievable. Similarly, when Barack Obama became pr- um, president of the United States, there there's some some very worrying things got said there, <laughs> but. This is the nature of progress. Here is Barack Obama. Here is Kamala Harris. Here is Shuti Gatwa. And it must be very difficult. It must be very interesting for Shuti for some- for Gatwa to be mentioned in the same breath as, bah- as Barack Obama and Kamala Harris. But his potential to alter the world, or alter the perception of the world in just a tiny way is enormous. You know, if, if people can go, oh, oh, so, oh, okay. So you could be the doctor. You could be the doctor. She could She could be the doctor. He could be the doctor anything which means that people and, and and this little magic trick isn't a magic trick to a younger audience or to a, an enlightened and liberal audience they're just like yep yeah, the doctor's black now that's it the doctor was female last week that's it The doctor was white the week before that <laughs> you know <laughs> um you know the ne- next week the doctor may be, may I'll use your phrase next week the doctor may be uh, may have have um limb difference what a wonderful phrase um so yeah it's it's just about opening your mind and again if i i question the doctor who fan who's so utterly resistant to this. I I've mentioned to you before. I, when when Mel um, uh, when when, when uh, the, the show first came back, um, and there was the character of Mickey. I did see some deeply disturbing comments, and the, you know the, I was quite affected. Neg- quite affected by. But then, soon after, and then, I mean, within a matter of hours, it was like. But wait, no, maybe minutes. But wait, I had to go looking for this. And I found it in a place where I would expect to find this. So let me go back to the main forum. Oh, okay, yeah, the the usual arguments or the or the well rehearsed arguments about, um, you know, one of the one of the things that you offered. I come to this for escapism, not for not for being lectured. It's like, okay, but it's a story about a space where who wanders around doing good. Um, you know, if if you want to, you can take the view that okay, it's a fable about the hidden hand of white paternalism, but that's quite. Extreme. when well, I've gone to the show for a, for a bit of light relief. Um, is the doc, is Doctor Who ageist All the all the like all, all the all the new doctors are under the age of fifty. Is it? Is he now ageist you know, So it's it's, it's it's possible to pick holes. And let's be let's be fair. A certain type of fan likes nothing more than picking holes. But uh, is there are there things to are there things to commiserate in Doctor Who? Yes, yes. Are some of the decisions that have been made maybe decisions that would be taken differently now? We've mentioned Marco Polo. We've made we mentioned the talents of Wang Chang and so on would, would you know would, would 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 contemporary people do that differently yes are they trying their best yes they are are they using the best tool they have to to tell the best story that they can in my view yes and if i don't agree that that's what they're doing then i can go and watch something else i can go and watch the football you know? mm. sorry that but that turned it into a bit of a rant
0: <laughs> no it's it, it's good um and i i like uh, to, just to pick up on the amber Lim point it's very interesting that that program in fact tomorrow it will be history and tomorrow could be in 10 years time but it itself will be a piece of history currently it's a bit of present that we're wrestling but it will be a reflection of the times in which we live which i think is fascinating the times in which we live are, are constantly evolving and obviously this was bred i'm gonna try and bring us to a conclusion now and i'm firstly very grateful for your time because i'm sure you've given more of it than you expected um uh, an, an immutable fact of of me is that I am a a, a white person. You, you've you talked very interestingly just now about how uh, the the what was it the people that are on that are saying the important stuff are 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 sometimes af- afraid to say it, and you can tell yeah, yeah. how I'm stuck. How I've, I've 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 in fact probably stumbled around quite a lot here because I'm conscious that my place in the argument. Uh, could lead me to criticism of one, you know, being the paternalistic white guy or two, being the apologetic middle-class white guy. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think I've probably uh, inhabited both uh, of, of those positions. Funny enough, in my trade now, it's become quite de rigueur for uh, comedians. I, I became a, an alternative comedian, for want of a better phrase, which was a backlash against the old racist tropes that were doled out that I thought were quite dangerous and reductive. Um, and we very much did very consciously social conscious stuff. I interestingly spoke to the daughter of a, a television writer who wrote a lot of plays that were socially conscious and about um, black people, and she was like, "Please don't flag that up in what you're writing about him, because that looks awkward to me. Because he was a white man doing that. In a... Now, when he was doing it, was a progressive thing to do. For her, it was a bit like, I'm a bit, you know, there should have been black people doing that, and there weren't. And I'm, I was. So it's a, it's a. So, so again, you know, things landscapes change I mean the, the landscape we have today it is quite de for for comics to talk about the that all-encompassing phrase white people white people do this I slightly flinch at that from not because it hurts me I'm relatively safe but because uh, I think I don't like I feel I don't like racism and I think racism is is something that can be directed at anybody and that and and the perpetrators always think that the victim, for want of a better word, of their prejudice or whatever it is that they're doing is immune to it. You know, I think racism can go in any directions and we must be mindful of of that. But by the same token, I am also conscious that this discussion that we had was prompted by me, a, a white guy, writing an hour-long monologue about race in Doctor Who and having to think about it and also, to be fair and to be honest, have it pointed out to me that there was, there was an uneasiness there. So instead, we started having a conversation and came up with this, going, let's just talk to each other and do it that way. But bear in mind then, as we come to the end of the conversation, is there anything I could have done in this better? Is there anything that I've got wrong? Is there anything I need to learn as a result of our conversation from this process? Bearing in mind that I'm sure, as you've alluded to, there will be that w- <laughs> at least one person who will say something which will be what will live with me forever rather than anything else anybody else's. But from your point of view, have there been any shortcomings, disappointments or misapprehensions that I may have poured into proceedings that uh, I should go away and ponder?
1: I don't think so. I think it's possible to okay okay on on the turn in the terms that you've described it um we talk, you started talking you mentioned comedy comedy is life it, it has been said that comedy is life from a distance and tragedy is life close tra- tragedy is life in close up. so when we think about comedians saying white people or this or this group of people or that group of people okay there, there's a sc- there's a scale there I mean you can go from. Um, I don't know. Anyway, it, 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 you can go from Andy Zaltzman on the one on on one hand, just this cricket obsessed, very fu- deeply funny man, to Bernard Manning on the other. You know, and I st- I, I still drive past the um, the Embassy Club, and it's like, all right, fine. I just look at it and go like, okay, what do you represent, Bernard? Um, I don't. F- I think the only thing. It's really it's a mistake to talk in absolutist terms, which is which which is, and it's possible to read your question in that way. The only, as, as 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 I think I'm emphasising the only thing inherent in any of us is that we question uh, We don't go out with self doubt but we do examine our own lives and where does this line of thought come from and how do I do this? Because all you're, because it seems to me in asking the question, what you're demonstrating there is self-awareness, which is all that we can, as, as individuals in the world, for the short time we're in it, is all that we can ask for, um, which is to say, you know how you feel, you know what your inner life is, but you're also, you also have an awareness and enough concern for the people that you are around to ask how is this being received and to reorient based on that Um, as you mentioned earlier on, the most dangerous people are those who absolutely will not listen to anybody else. Um, I think the way I've I've taken to expressing that recently is to say, if we're wise, we accept that we are in the world, um, as opposed to the world being in your head, which is a very dangerous place to be. And it's not a place to finish, but it feels like a nice cadence is that that's the robots of death. Is it robots of death? Um, which is the st- which is where Tom Baker says. The problem with the very with a very powerful, and the very stupid, yeah, the very
0: powerful and the very stupid. It's 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 actually the story before, but it's the same writer. It's the face of evil. Right. The very powerful and the very stupid have one thing in common. They don't alter their views to fit the facts. They alter their facts to fit their views. Right,
1: and it's again so, you know a doctor endlessly quotable for this type of simple simple philosophy. But that's where I am with it. If we accept that we are, you are in the world. Then you can then you accept and you accept the potential for change. Then you can change your mind, um, and from changing your mind, it is possible to change reality. If on the other hand reality exists in your head, that's it. You're in trouble. You're in so much trouble,
0: <laughs> and it's going
1: to be a long and painful ride.
0: <laughs> well, Tom, before we finish, I do want to say one, one th- thanks for being open to this and for approaching it so. Um, sort of fastidiously we didn't we didn't plot this uh in in the sense but we did we did have a a pre-chat chat and we exchanged a few emails because i don't think we wanted to come into it glibly but this was not scripted so please bear in mind that there will be turns of phrase there will be ideas there will be alleyways gone down i'm not going to particularly edit this i don't think um in the spirit of uh, um Good faith, in that we have conducted this conversation in good faith. We hope that it is being listened to in good faith, with um, an allowance for nuance, an allowance sometimes for um, incompetent phraseology mm. or not entirely watertight arguments. Part of what I wanted to do, which was throw lots of was to throw lots of different arguments into the ring, so that people can, you know, match their own and not think that it's two people who agree with each other just talking because that i think is sometimes where some of discourse on this subject becomes problematic from from both ends of the the spectrum you have the uh, well I've, I've said it from both ends of the spectrum you, you you have a lot of confirmation bias going on and a lot of people uh singing from the same hymn sheet so you know i i hope we've in a in an objective and intellectual fashion been able to air different points of view in order what is the truth in order but it but in order to um
1: to try and feel our way around the topic which is sensitive yeah. to many and i think yeah. I, I agree with everything you've said there what i think <clears throat> yeah it's it, i think it's probably important to also um emphasize that okay this is two people just re, okay so yes you you've been very careful and very consistent in saying okay this is not my view but it's a view which we, we, you know which we could discuss um you know i do not i am not speaking for anyone else but myself here i mean i've mentioned some certain certain elements of the black experience um such as i understand it and that, that but that's all like you know all i can ever know is my experience i can admit other people's and that's the, the work of a lifetime but it is possible to look at this and go okay from one okay well Toby's from this ethnic background Tom's from that that ethnic background but what you have got are two middle-aged two, two middle-aged men talking about Doctor Who so they, you know there's, there's
0: that huge commonality there as well <laughs> very true um well I suppose then s- summarise Tom. not just I mean we the, the subject and what we've just done uh, is it useful is have you said everything that you wanted to say and um, well, let's and, just... and, and do you think we've done it for you know? Do you, th- do you think our, our our reasons for doing it are, are are sound and we've achieved our goal?
1: I okay. So we said we wanted to talk about race and representation, and we've opened that up. I mean, in fact, the key thing is we did say that this was not about providing answers to questions. It was to, it was about having the conversation in a way that others might feel moved to comment on, and or at least if they didn't want to comment, that they could go away from the from listening to this thinking, well, okay, well, that's something else to consider and I can and I can now include that in my process. We, we, we said we wanted to talk about race and representations and that's a huge topic. We've done it as well as we can in the time relative to Doctor Who. We've talked about the new series and the classic series, which is what we wanted to do. We talked about um, cultural products and how those are received, which, and which, which I think we've done. But yeah I, I I don't you know it, it it wasn't this wasn't about solving the problem it was just to have an open discussion about it and to be honest so yeah
0: I've, I've, I've quite enjoyed that. if we have to do it again, then fine <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, and I'm afraid no Doctor Who podcast, even one of serious intent and mutual understanding, could go without the question, Tom, I have to put it to you, and I'm sorry if it's a difficult and tricky one, but what's your favorite story <gasps> <laughs>
1: oh, 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 oh. there's two there's two um right. and i couldn't separate them I, oh, let me explain let me explain why and that might help my doctor who comfort food is the pyramid of mars because everything is in that story uh, everything you need to understand the premise of doctor who is in the pyramid of mars time travel movement inside your own timeline um, alternate timelines, hist- pseudo historical. Ah, uh, oh, it's as t- it's as tiny as I'm from 1980, and as huge as this is an entire Egyptian civilization on Mars. So yeah, um, I go to that for comfort, for comfort food. But my other favourite story is the War Games, because I I knew of it. I di- I didn't watch it till about 15 years ago, um, when I could you know when I could buy it and, and experience it that way. Um, but my favourite Doctor actor had always been. Patrick Trouton. I mean you know the, you know the consensus is that he's the, probably the most accomplished actor of of all of, the, of in a in a, a roll call of accomplished actors Trouton was maybe the one who the others hold up as being oh look at him but the scope of the story and I know it's a lot of escape capture runaway <laughs> um capture runaway capture runaway but it was just Glorious, and by the time we got to the the two-parter that finishes it off, I was in tears when he got set, when he got when he got when when the uh, when the doctor got sent down. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Until um, now, I think the other one I'd probably sit through again would be the Daleks Master. I, I can't watch it, can I? Listen to it, but the Daleks Master Plan, huge, epic, giant-sized story that's oh, It's wonderful. But yeah, if I had to pick one, Pyramids of Mars. Pyramids of Mars.
0: Well, I love the fact you chose Pyramids and the War Games because the War Games has a genuine actor of colour playing a very positive uh, black role, mm. Rudolph Walker, and uh, the other one has a white actor pretending to be an Egyptian. So <laughs> you've, you've even yeah. in your two choices, you have covered the issues of the day. Tom, I'm really grateful at this, in this the spirit uh, and uh, brilliance that you have, and insight that you have brought to this, and and thank you for allowing you. me to to to, to 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 do it with you. Thanks, Tom.
1: It's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's cool. <laughs>
0: Oh, there was so much more to discuss, and whilst we had a rough structure that we wanted to adhere to, Tom and I, we also wanted it to be a conversation. And so that is what you got, with all the freewheeling lack of structure and probably uncompleted thoughts and sometimes wayward digressions that go with that. Not perfect, but better, I think, than the restricted nature of a typed, character-limited internet discourse. Even now, things are coming to me that I wish I'd said. We didn't mention Cotton in The Mutants. A story with a fantastic idea at its core. Earth, i.e. the British Empire, interfering with the natural development of a planet, and that has catastrophic effects on its people. And in that story, there is one of the rare 1970s black actors, Rick James, playing Cotton. Now then, is his name deliberate? Did they deliberately cast a black man in that role, his moniker echoing the cotton fields traditionally picked by slaves. A bit of nominative subtext. If it's deliberate, it seems potentially uncomfortably on the nose. If it's a mistake, well, that could be equally discomforting. What were they thinking? What we do know, however, is that a black actor was sought to emphasise the colonial aspects of the story. Laudable intent. Indeed, would we be more or less comfortable... Had all of the indigenous Salonian characters been cast as actors of colour, that too would now have its own ramifications. But it's an attempt to put a rarely seen black face at the centre of the action, the casting of Cotton, and that, it's fair to say, also backfires, because the actor in question, Rick James, is bluntly terrible. And Yes, I know, his dialogue is written in urban English colloquialisms, are they Cockney? Maybe. I don't know, Christopher Cole, Stubbs does Liverpudlian, and that works. But whatever, it clashes with James's own Antiguan inflections. But I think it's too generous to say that's the only issue with the performance. And with time, of course, they could have changed those colloquialisms and made them suit the actor better. But time is always against Doctor Who. What is known is that director Christopher Barry had tried some established and experienced actors of colour for that part, Kenneth Gardnier and Johnny Secker, but they weren't available or they didn't want to do it. And so he went with James, whose performance is somewhat compromised. Now some might say, well, that doesn't matter. The representation is key. And giving such roles to black actors encouraged younger black Britons to see themselves on TV and to then have ambitions that might otherwise have been denied them. And that is exactly the sort of thing that a public service broadcaster should be doing. If all the people pay the licence fee, then all the people should be represented by it. And it's not like there weren't many not very good white actors on TV or indeed on Doctor Who at this time. The other argument, though, is that excellence should be striven for at all times, particularly by a public service broadcaster. Otherwise, you open yourself up to accusations of tokenism, and they actually then work against the positive aspects of representation. And there are so many other instances, examples and conundrums that I could have brought up but didn't in the heat of the conversation. But that's the nature of talking. But I hope that what we did do was at least delve into some interesting areas and that having Tom talking provided much more context than I ever could. I wanted to illustrate, though, that we only scratched the surface and that this was no way ever going to be a definitive assessment. We needed the latitude of natural conversation flow. And yes, I'm not unaware now that this whole piece is bookended by a monologue from the white guy, but that's because this is Toby Haydoke's time travels and I needed to slightly adhere to the usual format and also... Because I wanted an opportunity, in this postscript to thank Tom for his game approach to this. And to thank you, too, for, I hope, listening to this in the manner that it is presented. With openness, with acceptance of nuance, and, you know, an acknowledgement that this stuff isn't necessarily easy. That sometimes we get it wrong. But the people getting it wrong isn't necessarily the end of the world, or a sign that they are evil. Only by getting things wrong... After all, do we know what is right? Mostly, to be honest, I hope this was interesting and entertaining. That's the main thing. And the same could be said for Doctor Who. But if it makes us talk to each other as a result, well, then that's surely a bonus. Thank you for listening to Indefinable Magic. Race and time. Or time and race. I couldn't decide... So I called it both on different occasions. It shows how even-handed I am with both sides of the argument. <laughs> I'm Toby Haydock. I'm the presenter of this podcast. And my special guest on this occasion was Professor Tom Atter, who can be found on Twitter at Dr. T. Atta. <laughs> the artwork for this podcast is by Dylan Patterson and the music for Indefinable Magic has been specially composed by Dominic Glynn. I will be forever grateful to the patrons who make these podcasts possible, and they include Stephen Moffat, not that one, and Ruben Herfindahl, David Trainier. Frank Shales Risto Matti Cirillo Barry Platt Adam Parker Graham Knott Kevin Murdoch, Roland Moore Nathan Martin Philip Marsh Gavin McLean Ian K. McLachlan Joe Llewellyn Ian Key Chris Hyam Siobhan Galichon Jason Gorman Paul Dunn Chris Dunford-Kelk John Deere Grant Davidson Richard Chalk Paul Cook Jenny at Bluebox99 Nigel Bromley David! I hope you want to remain anonymous, David, which is why I've said only half of your name. Tim Arding. He doesn't want to remain anonymous. <laughs> he wants me to shout it from the rooftops. No, he doesn't. Well, I don't. He might. He's, he's not said. But hello, Tim. Uh, Nick Tedston. Neil Tate. Richard Straw. Christopher Meredith. Rob Leonard. Ronald Hayden. Peter Harness. James Curray-Smith. And Peter Burns. You can go to patreon.com forward slash And that is where... You discover how to get your name read out. It's fairly simple. You become a patron, which you can do from as little as £3 a month. Tiers go upwards of that, but all of the content is available at the lowest tier, £3 a month, which also is available with 10% off if you sign up for a year, as are all the other tiers. There are various little trinkets to make you ascend the tier ladder, but uh, it's basically all there at the bottom level, uh, because I want this stuff to be available, and I'm also slightly embarrassed to be sort of asking for money but it's the way that these things are done these days and of course you're under no obligation all of this stuff is eventually free of charge although patrons do get some exclusives there's uh, an exclusive podcast called far too much information there are monthly amas and other bits of access as well as pictures of my dog which do not get released uh in, into the into the great outer wide world and are only available on Patron patron at patronville on uh, patreon.com forward slash toby Haydoke. but look i know times are tight uh, and also know that some people don't want to be tied to a monthly obligation so you can go and do a one-off donation if you like at ko-fi.com forward slash toby Haydoke. but it's not all about the money it's mostly about the listing and i'm just grateful that you are out there digesting this stuff but if you like it please could you um Shout about it on social media, uh, Give, subscribe, like, follow and do all of those things that we're supposed to do to podcasts in order to make other people aware of them and to make the people that put the work into them, that's me, there's no people, there's just me, uh, feel, f- feel as though it's somehow worthwhile. I'm mostly, though, grateful to you for listening and thanks for being out there and part of this community. I'm at Toby Haydoke on Twitter and there's more episodes of these available and uh, I hope you like them. And if you don't, well, that's fine. Go and listen to something else. There's plenty of other things out there. <laughs>